This is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up this hour, a new documentary series from WTTW shows how segregation affects people across Chicagoland. But first, Chicago's Albany Park neighborhood is in recovery mode this morning after a massive fire destroyed cars, an apartment building, a brewery, and a gym yesterday. Neighbors we spoke with heard first crackling and then multiple explosions. The fire tore through the three-story apartment building and the two popular businesses next door. Several people were injured, but no one died in the extra alarm blaze, which required more than 150 firefighters to put out. The cause is still unclear. To get an update, we turn to Colin Boyle, a reporter and photographer at Block Club Chicago, who was at the scene yesterday. Welcome to the show, Colin. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, well, I guess set the scene for us, Colin. What was it like on the ground? Yeah, so I, I live about a block or so away, and I looked out my window after seeing a news alert, saw smoke rising just around 7-ish. I know that the fire started around 3.30 this morning, um, and or yesterday morning, rather, and Yesterday night, around 7.45 p.m., the fire department tweeted that they believe that the fire appeared to have started between the residential and the commercial buildings um, and spread up uh, one of the stair sets. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday I got to the scene. There was still pretty high flames about four hours after the fire had started. Neighbors were starting to peek out, see what was going on. Uh, massive fire response um, and from the police as well. And just for neighbors just looking to help uh, their neighbors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, show support and solidarity in this uh, very beautiful, very true to Albany Park um, uh, display of support. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, before we get to that, uh, for people who haven't seen the buildings that burned down, um, you know, you mentioned the uh, fire starting between buildings. How close were the apartment building and the brewery and the gym? They share a wall for a good part of their length, of their width, rather. And then there's a very narrow gangway um, that opens up about halfway between the alley and Richmond Street, um, between the apartment building and the commercial building. So there's a wooden stair set in the back of the apartment building, and then there's one also in the middle of the apartment building. And And I went back mm -hmm. this morning to survey, and the back stair set was still intact. People were inspecting it, but the middle stair set was burnt. Um, as you can tell from the fire damages and images, it was uh, burnt out. Yeah, the fire department is saying that the fire likely started outside. Do we know much more um, about the cause of that yet? We're still waiting to hear more. We are continuing to uh, push for more answers and see what um, what uh, what there is out there. Mm-hmm. And the landlord of the building um, that went up in flames is, is pointing the blame to dumpster fires. Can you explain? He so there's when we um, yesterday my colleague um, Alex Hernandez from Block Club Chicago has been working on stories revolving around uh, the landlord for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went into his office yesterday and he kind of didn't give us any definite answers for a while. Then he pulled up a text message from one of his garbage men and said that um, the fire, like there had been a fire in a dumpster at his building there, but then told us that the fire that he had noted was on in the end of January. So he kind of speculated that maybe it was a fire bug, maybe that was a repeat, but um, it's, it's tough to kind of just stick with that one idea. Um, so we're just trying to hold out and see what officials say and what neighbors have seen as well. Um, yeah. You know, I've heard that term fire bug, and, and we're talking about someone who is just kind of setting fires for fun. Is that what, yes, what yes. he's talking about? It's a, it's, I guess it's a 
it's a slang term of an arsonist. So it's someone who just likes to hop around and set fires. And there was only uh, one injury reported, uh, at least yesterday, um, but many people were left homeless. What do we know about that right now? Yeah, so when we spoke to the landlord, Gary Carlson, he said that there were 21 units in the apartment building, and he estimated that three were vacant. So that um, leaves us with 18 um, occupied apartments. Now, when um, Alex Hernandez spoke with the Red Cross yesterday, they were told we were told that they were servicing seven people across nine households. And they're expecting more people to come through for support. Um, And in the meantime, our local older people are also sharing GoFundMes and ways to support these families that have gone through this really tragic and um, startling uh, moment in their neighborhood history. And and then as of yesterday, one person was taken to the hospital for uh, smoke inhalation. Is that um, the extent of the injuries that we know of at this point? Um, From the last one I read, it was... uh, yeah, he was a um, 60-year-old man is what I read, and I would like to know more as soon as possible and send my prayers to those affected because it was very, there was a lot of smoke. Yeah, for sure. A lot of smoke and a lot of flames. Um, well, uh, let's hear from um, Mary Lee Rutherford, owner of the Twisted Hippo, the brewery that was destroyed in the fire. More than anything, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that everyone's okay and that we got to have this for as long as we did. And I, I just will see what the future holds. I just have no idea. I just have no idea. You know, Colin, you mentioned the outpouring of support um, from the community um, and, and also for this business. Tell us more about that. Oh, it was tremendous. No, I mean, I spoke with Marilee yesterday morning and just and, um, and with Jeff as well from Ultimate, Ninja, um, Ultimate Ninjas Chicago. And you just see there was a, a group of young uh, neighbors all wearing their Ultimate Ninja sweaters, uh, mm-hmm. standing on the sidewalk just around 9 o'clock yesterday morning, standing with Jeff. There were um, neighbors coming up and talking about, you know, things that Marilee has done for the community or how she was planning a blood drive um, before the fire had uh, wrecked her and neighboring businesses and building, or neighboring business and the apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the GoFundMe right now just for the Twisted Hippo alone, and they have raised $118,000 where the top donations come from Goose Island um, and Skeleton Key, which um, Skeleton Key, you might remember, was uh, destroyed in the tornado last summer. And so just, and then, you know, you go to the fundraisers for Ultimate Ninjas, and they're at $25,000 right now. Um, So you just, you find out that, you know, as people were coming out, they were saying like, oh, I used to go to this gym or um, I would go to this bar all the time with my friends. And just seeing that people are just so proud of, you know, these businesses that are thriving on Montrose Avenue here in Albany Park, uh, it was just, it was, it was very bittersweet, but it was beautiful amid the uh, mm-hmm. very hazy skies. There was a little bit of a ray of sunshine with that. And we're seeing more support pouring out, um, people writing um, how they're going to support uh, all the local restaurants on Montrose that I follow on social media, sharing ways mm-hmm. to support. So it's, it's been really, really inspiring out of yeah, everything. Yeah, that, that's great to hear. Um, well, well, Colin, as as we wrap up here, um, you know, you mentioned the um, landlord of the apartment building. Um, he's someone who has had a bit of a checkered history as a landlord. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah, so the, he's had quite a history, yes. And I, um, Alex Hernandez knows a lot more than I did just in my day of reporting was in on him. Um, but we do know that our local older people are trying to zero in and see if they can hold him more accountable um, for keeping his properties up to code. 
um, and that he is a trying to fix, but they're trying to fix a long list mm-hmm. of violations that his properties um, have been known for. Uh, city records show that there's a pending Cook County court hearing regarding his Richmond Street building, which he has owned since 2006. Um, mm-hmm. And when, when Alex uh, reached out to him yesterday afternoon, he told Alex, quote, I've got so many violations. I think that I may have set the record Chicago, maybe the world record for the number of violations that wow. I have. I think it's a direct result of a mandate from Lori Lightfoot to ream me, steam me, and dry clean me as a result of that firefighter getting shot. And that firefighter getting shot was, um, that was back in 2020 when um, a firefighter was um, shot at one of his buildings. Wow. Well, that is certainly something that we will uh, pick up on as as that develops. Uh, this is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. That's Block Club Chicago reporter Colin Boyle giving us the update on the fire in Albany Park that left several people homeless and destroyed two businesses. Colin, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Susie. Let's turn now to the issue of building safety and tenants' rights. John Bartlett is the executive director of the Metropolitan Tenants Organization, and he joins us now. Welcome to the show, John. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So in the case of a fire, what are some building violations tenants should watch out for in their apartments? Well, first off, everybody should make sure there's always a working smoke detector because that will Mm -hmm. save lives. And oftentimes we've had loss of lives when there aren't any. I would also be looking for regular shorts or if the fuses are blowing all the time or if the heat's not working and the tenant's having to use uh, alternative heat sources, you know, those are oftentimes the, uh, will lead to fires in in the uh, unit. Mm. And, you know, the other thing is just uh, if there's a lot of garbage and refuse around that's not being taken care of, that that could also then help spread the fire. So what can tenants do if they notice some of these violations? Well, first off, that the city has a, a way that you can get an inspection done in your apartment, that you can call 311 and the city will come out and inspect units for those. You know, And if there's electrical uh, problems, you should ask for an electrical inspector because most inspectors, you know, that, that's a specialized uh, mm-hmm. inspection process. Else otherwise, just a regular inspector can come out and look and uh, let tenants know uh, about maintenance. And oftentimes, poor maintenance is also a sign of uh, problems in the building. And and would the landlord find out um, if a tenant had called for an inspection? Well, that is a problem because, yes, the, the inspectors are going to come and inspect the unit that the tenant lives in. And that oftentimes does put a a bit of a marker on the tenants and, um, you know, and it then uh, they may have to for, uh, face uh, retaliation. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that's one of the reasons that, you know, we're calling for actually a proactive inspection program from the city where that uh, all uh, apartment buildings would just be inspected on a regular five-year basis to hopefully prevent issues like this from even coming up because they oftentimes are uh, about maintenance. And explain why people might be hesitant to bring concerns about building safety directly to their landlords. Well, if if you've ever been a tenant, you've probably heard the words, if you don't like it, move. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. If, you, if a tenant happens to be a lower income and they sometimes have to pay their rent late, 
they need the landlord to be supportive. And oftentimes landlords get mad when tenants report uh, problems in the unit that they have to fix them. And they oftentimes blame the tenant. So there is uh, this whole scheme of retaliation where tenants are afraid that I'm going to have to move, the landlord's going to evict me or something like that if they report any problems to the landlord. And, you know, it, it and all that does is just really makes things worse because, you know, it's easier to take care of problems when they're small instead of waiting till they get big and, you know, and then that's when tragedies can happen. Yeah, definitely. Well, what recourse is available to renters if there are building code violations? Well, they certainly, we have a tenants' rights hotline. Uh, it's uh, 773-292-4988. People can call to find out what steps are. For minor problems, tenants can actually use their rent to fix the problem. For larger ones that they can uh, call the city, as I mentioned before, 311, and have an inspector come out. Or that they can also potentially uh, reduce the rent, but you know, once again, they, before they do that, they should call our hotline mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that they do everything correctly. And um, so, what else is the Metropolitan Tenants Organization proposing? Uh, you, you mentioned the the proactive inspections. Um, what else do you think the city should do? Well, I, I would say with under the proactive inspections also is a landlord registry so that they can actually track all these bad landlords very well. Mm-hmm. You know, if all rental units have to register, then it's easier to to follow a particular owner because right now oftentimes many of these buildings are in LLCs and you, you just don't know who owns them. And the other thing I think the city could do is also uh, support a just cause eviction ordinance that would make it much more difficult for landlords to retaliate against tenants, which would then increase the likelihood that they will report uh, code violations or that they will uh, and make sure that the landlord's maintaining their unit instead of just letting it go because of out of fear. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in this situation um, in Albany Park, um, you know, explain what landlords have to do for tenants if there is a fire in the building. If there's a fire in the building that they need to, uh, if it's uninhabitable, and I, I'm assuming that that's what's happening here, but mm-hmm. then the, the they need to return any uh, security deposits and any prepaid rent. So if the tenant had paid their February rent already that they have seven days and they need to get that money back to the tenant. And um, and certainly if there's a security deposit that, that needs to go with that also so that the tenant has some money to begin uh, finding a place, uh, you know, that landlords are not responsible for the damage unless there was negligence on the part of the landlord. And so we, <clears throat> as the story's been unfolding, we, we just don't know what the cause mm-hmm. is. So uh, those are the two things that landlords do have to do uh, is uh, return mm-hmm. the prepaid rent and deposit. And if renters don't get that, um, the deposit and prepaid rent back from their landlords, uh, what should they do? Well, once again, they could call our hotline. The law says that the landlord, if they fail to do that, could be held liable for double the uh, security deposit and plus attorney fees so that they could get an attorney that could help represent them. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, certainly I would say that, you know, hopefully most landlords are going to 
want to help the, the tenants in these situations, and they're going to return the deposits and prepaid rent as quickly as possible. And, and John, one more time with the hotline number? The uh, hotline number is 773-292-4988. Anybody can call. It's free service and find out what your rights are about, uh, well, anything, the security deposits, repairs, evictions, any of those things. And we will uh, provide you what the laws are and get you uh, uh, referrals to maybe agencies that can help out more. That's John Bartlett, Executive Director of the Metropolitan Tenants Organization. Thanks so much, John. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.